That was Lewis Rivera on the guitar. It's a new thing there, Lewis. We're proud that you're learning and growing. It's awesome. Put this over here. So good afternoon. I'm Gio Garces. I'll be doing the lesson tonight. I'm very grateful for all of you being here. I'm going to get a little closer just to kind of feel like family. I don't want to get too close, but close enough. You know, we, we started uh, our dream of loving people. Our, our culture, our shift, our, our, our church is, is headed towards direction where we're going to take the mission of love to people. Now, as, as a Christian and as a guest here, we have to understand a very important part of that process. We hear a lesson, you walk away, but there is a responsibility that we have to God and each other to do things like this. Because you've been given something special. And you may ask, well, what did I get? You've been, get, you've been given something extraordinary. Geo, tell me, what it is it? You receive something worth more than precious metals. Geo, I'm tired of your lingo. Tell me what it is. It is God's love. It is more precious than metals. It is more incredible and extraordinary than anything you could imagine. So our mission as an individual follower of Jesus is to go on the mission of love. That sounds great, you know, when you hear, when you hear oh, it sounds so encouraging. But try going to love people. This week, I've been, I've been out, I, came, I was at a wedding yesterday, and uh, my friend called me, he said, hey, you want to hang out? It's like nine o'clock. You know, he's a married guy, too. I was like, what's a married guy calling me at nine o'clock? That never happens. Unless it's Steve. And so, let's go watch the UFC fight. I was like, oh, you don't got to say that twice. So I said, Karen, can I go? Yeah, can I go? So I went over there, I hung out, I, hung out. I, was, I was back at midnight. I was exhausted. We hung out. I got to meet not only him and his girlfriend again, but also I got to meet another couple. But I didn't expect to be, you know, to be part of it. So I spent a couple hours getting to know them and giving them some mission love. And it was encouraging. And little did I know that this is a couple I'm working on and trying to give to and be, be available for. Cause that's, what, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be available for them. So he want, when he called me to hang out, I said, yes, I'll do it. I was, no, I was tired. I'll do it. And then I, fed, I, I met a new couple that, are, that was kind of coupled with them. And then my daughter got home at 2 in the morning. And then I was really tired. She was at an awesome formal. The high school formal, pretty good girls. Is it pretty encouraging? Okay, so they're exhausted. Thanks for the feedback. It was awesome. God's love is not meant to be stored. It's not meant to be kept. It's meant to be shared. It's meant to be given. You know, whether you spend time with someone, whether you give them words of affirmation, whether you give them little gifts, whether you give them one-on-one time, it is meant to be given to and given away. Married people that do that have thriving marriages. It's a gift that's always encouraging. Let me give you some scriptures that just kind of some facts about God's love toward how he feels about us. In Hosea 11, I'm just going to quote it for you. God writes, I led them with cords of human kindness, with ties of love. To them I was like one who lifts a little child to the cheek. 
I bent down to feed them. That's God describing how he feels about his people, the Israelites. In Jeremiah 31.3, he writes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. And in the New Testament, in John 4, verse 10, 1 John, this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Mission love. Some of you guys like it. Some of you guys love it. And some of you guys are all, eh, it's okay. <laughs> but that does not deter us from the mission. It is still there. So look at this word on the PowerPoint. If I can uh, get a slide. We get it to work. There it is. We, each of us has the response ability. It is our ability to respond to our relationship with God. And I'm going to share a story with you that describes our relationship with the God. And it has to do with our response ability. Our ability to respond to God in our relationship. You can also call it respondability. How well we respond to God in our relationship. Look in your Bibles to Matthew 25. It's a, it's a lengthy scripture that I can't fit on a, pow, a PowerPoint. But I'm gonna, I want to walk through it together. We don't always get to choose the opportunities when we get to go love someone. Last night I wasn't expecting the call at 9 o'clock. But I got the call and I wanted to respond to it. I was tempted to go like, I just want to go home relax with Karen and just have an easy night after a wedding because you know we were giving out the wedding it's an easy it's a it's a Saturday let's just relax and then I got the call and then I go oh I'm preaching I better go right a little motivation like I'm gonna be talking about this tomorrow I better start doing it you know so respond ability we don't always get to choose the opportunities we get we always choose how we're going to respond to it though. We always choose that. And so we're responsible in this context of this passage about in our relationship with God, how, we, how well we respond. So Jesus tells a series of parables in this chapter and he's teaching us, you know, giving us insight into our relationship with God. And he, and he addresses directly all responsibility and respondability to the things that sometimes that we think are uneven, unfair. Like, I didn't think it was necessarily fair to get that call at night, but regardless, it's the mission of love. So look in your Bibles in Matthew 25. In verse 14, he's describing, again, the parables are designed to describe our relationship with the Father. Again, the kingdom of heaven will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. Now, just stop there. This man goes on a long trip and he goes, here's all my money. Here's all my valuables. Here's everything that I hold precious. I'm going to entrust it with you. And they were the servants. Wow. What an amazing, an amazing opportunity to be those servants. You know, when you hear that word entrust, it's connected to an expectation that they're going to manage his wealth the way he would manage his wealth. You know, they were the servants. They got to see how their, man, how their, how their 
you know, the owner, the household owner handled it. So they had a first row view of it. You know, we do that too. When we give, when we, when we're an employer, we expect things of our employees. We entrust them with the responsibilities. We do that with our kids. You know, they get money in our house, you know, they live on a little budget, but they got to do some chores. There's a responsibility to that. Um, or when someone helps us, you know, we want them to do it the way we would like it to be done. So in verse 15, he hands out the money in the story. To one, he gave five bags of gold. To another, two bags. To another, one bag, each according to his ability. The ability to manage the way, to manage it the way they had seen it managed. That was the expectation. So a bag of gold equals about 20 years average salary for a laborer in the Middle East at that time. 20 years, one bag of gold. What an opportunity. What a moment. And then he goes on this journey. And in verse 16 says, The man who received five bags of gold, equivalent to around 1.5 million, around that amount, went at once and put his money to work. In other words, he traded with them. And he gained five bags more. That's what he knew his master expected. They were watching. They saw. He learned. He imitated. Remember, Jesus is explaining our relationship to the Father through this story. We have received love. Whether you want to call that five bags of gold or not, it's up to you. But it is priceless. Now that love that we received, it gives us faith. And that faith, the Bible says, is worth more than gold. So in verse 17, so also the one with two bags of gold about $600,000, gained two more. This person did what he was supposed to do. He, he got it, and then he went out and did something with it. He responded. He took responsibility. He had good respond ability. That's what was expected. Remember, the story's all about your relationship with God. He gives you something precious, he expects you to manage it well in your relationship. So whenever you read the Bible, you're going, well, God wants me to do this. He's, he's actually checking in. How's your respondability? So when you read it, how am I responding? How's my life? Am I living my life according to the Bible? Responsibility. Respondability. And then in verse 18, the man who had received one bag of gold. Remember, one bag is worth 20 years of a man's salary. One bag, he dug a hole in the ground and he hid his master's money. He did nothing. Maybe the guy felt it was unfair. They got five, he got two, I got one. Maybe he felt it was uneven. You know, sometimes we, we, we think, well, if it's not exactly fair, I'm not really motivated to do it. You ever see your children talk that way? Everything's got to be to the, to the ounce. Or someone's very upset. It's the, it's the fairness doctrine. But there's also another doctrine. It's called the opportunity doctrine. This man had an opportunity 
to do something with what he was given. Remember, he didn't earn this bag of gold. He was just given it. We didn't earn God's love. It was just given to us. He just gave it, this precious, precious bag. So there's unevenness, yes, in your view. But there's also golden opportunities. It depends on how you look at it. There's a young lady. If I can get her picture up. By the name of Don Loggins. This girl grew up in the Midwest to a family that was very poor and to parents who were addicted to drugs. She was a gifted child. She was really smart and had great aptitude. And so during summer, she got accepted to go to a special gifted camp for higher learners. So she goes to camp for two weeks and she comes back and her parents are gone because of the drug addiction. They actually left the state and abandoned her. Luckily for her, there were some programs that kind of picked up where her parents left off, but she had to work as a janitor at the school. So every morning at 6 a.m., she'd go, go to school, she'd sweep the very classrooms that she was actually going to sit in a few hours later. She grew up with very little electricity. She grew up with unstable parents, unstable situation. If you want to look at one bag of gold, here it is. She didn't have five bags. She had one, if that. She applies to Harvard. She gets accepted. She goes to school at Harvard, and she graduates. Sometimes you're not going to get the most even opportunity that everybody else is going to get. It's going to seem unfair. It's going to seem unequal. But the question is, what are you going to do with your opportunity? What are we going to do with the love that God has given us? Are we going to bury it and hide? Here's your love back. Are we going to do something with it? You know, with, these, with our families. Is mission love just going to be about your family? Sometimes you have to love your kids, yes. You have to take care of your kids, yes. You got to be encouraging. But is it only going to be about your family? Sometimes in the family, you can get stuck and you can get stuck into the old, it's only about my family. And that's good when, when you need to love them. That's awesome. But you have to look beyond our own family because we can dig a hole and bury ourselves in family. What about those that don't have any children living at the house anymore? You know what they're tempted to do sometimes? Dig a hole and bury themselves in self-interest. You know, the History Channel will keep you for, it'll keep you locked in for prison for years. <laughs> there were times where I see a show, a series, and I'm like locked in for, I'm, I'm, what am I doing? It'll lock you in self-interest in yourself. It will. What are we going to do once our kids are out and grown out of the house? Are we going to bury our gold? What about taking responsibility for the church? What a golden opportunity. We have a church now in Oxnard. Yeah. Here. This is the opportunity. Have we buried our gold? Have we buried God's love? Have we, have we been scared? Because this guy in the Bible, he was scared. He was scared to be loving. He was scared to share. He was scared to, to make it work. Remember, he, God's describing our relationship with him. He was scared to put into action what he'd been given. And sometimes loving people can be scary. It can be. 
Because the most fearful thing sometimes for me is when I try to love someone and they don't want to love me back. You're putting your heart out there. You're putting it out there and you may get rejected. That may happen. But that's our responsibility of the mission of love. Let's say you find yourself, you're right, Gio, it's where I'm at. I've been burying my, I, I dug a hole. I, 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 how do I get out of this hole? What do I do? Well, I found this passage. It says this in Ephesians. It says, wake up, sleeper. Sounds like a nickname, huh? So wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Now, this is, this is the letter of Ephesians. This is talking to the church. Making the most of every opportunity, even if you think it's uneven and unfair. Make the most of your opportunities. Because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. What's the rush, Gio? I have time. I got time. Well, in verse 19, it says, After a long time, the master of those servants returned. You see, Jesus is coming back. He's coming back. It's been over 2,000 years. But we know he's coming back. You know who else believes Jesus is coming back? The religion of Islam. It's even in their Bible that he's coming back. And they don't even believe half the stuff we believe, but they believe one thing, he's coming back. They know that. They didn't say Muhammad's coming back. They said Jesus is coming back. So we know that's going to happen. So in verse 19, the master is going to return. And it says here, he's going to settle accounts. When I hear that, I was like, I always get like, Ugh, I shudder. Like, I don't want to settle the account. <laughs> Who wants to settle that? I don't want to, you know, there's a part of me that's like, I don't know if I want, I like that tone, Jesus. What happened to loving lamb Jesus and, you know, everything's going to be great and grace and love. And he uses this word, we're going to settle a cast to describe my relationship with God. We're going to settle it. And I believe it's, Gio, how did you respond to me? How did you respond to what I gave you? How did you respond to the love you've been given? To all the great people I put in your life? Everything you've been given to. Some of you, you guys have grown up in the church. He'll settle accounts with you too, high school ministry. Everything you've been given. Most kids who grow up in this church are giving a lot of spiritual opportunities. He's going to settle accounts there too. So in verse 20, the man who received five bags of gold brought the other five and said, Master, I'm sure he was fired up. Master, Master, I'm looking forward to settling accounts. You entrusted me with five bags? You see, I got five more. And the master goes, boom, well done. Faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things, I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. And the man with two bags of gold came and said, Master, you entrusted me with two, and I gained you two. 
And the master replied, boom, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Same as the other servant. Then the man who received one bag of gold came and said, Master, he said, I knew that you're a hard man. Harvesting what you do not have sown and gathering where you've not scattered seed. I was afraid and I went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. You know, I don't know what this man thought. But this is a story, again, describing our relationship with God. In the story, we're left to wonder, why didn't this guy do it? What stopped him from, from just going out and just giving it and, and working it? And the Bible says in the story that he was afraid, that he was scared. There was something about fear that paralyzes us paralyzed him and so he didn't do anything with what he was given he took it for granted it's like coming to church every Sunday and nothing is expected of you you can get away with that for a long time in this church but I tell you where you will not get away with it when the master comes to settle accounts with you personally I won't be there thank God I will not be there because I'll be in the corner getting my account settled, right? The Bible says I get judged more strictly than you. So I'm going to be over there, with, over there with, with a few other guys working me over. I'm like, yeah, I'm scared of that. There's an account settling. You can come to church and you can hide. But you will settle accounts one day. And I'm not the judge of that. And this is not to put fear in you. This is to put sobriety into you. Like some of us, we have to sober up to the fact that we've been scared to give our love. We have to sober up to that reality. And this is the story. This guy hid and thought his master was going to be satisfied with just giving him back what belonged to him. So his master replied to him. Because the guy said he was scared. He's all getting open. But this is what the master's view of him was. You're wicked. You're lazy. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers. So when I returned, I'd have received it back with interest. In other words, you should have done something. You should have done something. But he didn't do anything. God is never faked out by our excuses. Man, we're good at faking out the Christians, but we're not good at faking out God. You just can't do it. God knows the situation so clearly. The man's like, well, I was scared. And you thought God was going to, feels like, oh, I'm sorry you were scared. I know it's really intimidating. That's not how God responded when he settled accounts. The, the, the scare excuse didn't work for him. It was, no, you're actually lazy. And you're actually wicked. That was the settling of the account right there. God clearly knows why at times we don't make the most of every opportunity. He knows the real reasons why. Maybe some of us were like, but Lord, Netflix, have you seen it? It's amazing. It's the greatest thing you've made. 
I mean, how do you survive with Hulu and all the shows? I work 40 hours a week. How do you do it? There's opportunity. And they usually come when your energy is the lowest. And I, it's just, mm, I hate that. When I don't want, when I'm fresh and I'm ready, there's no opportunity. When I'm tired and have had a long day, there's an opportunity. Someone's calling me. Oh, this could be a long conversation. That's the first thing I think about. How long will this conversation go? And I have to decide. At that moment, I decide. So the master is clear. God entrusted him with an opportunity, and he was lazy. Maybe he had other priorities. Maybe he buried his time. I don't know. But here's what the master says in verse 28. This is is the settling of the accounts. Take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who had ten bags. For those who have been have been for those who have will be given more, and they'll have an abundance. As for those who do not have, even what they have will be taken away from them. And throw the servant outside, where they'll be weeping in in darkness, weeping in gnashing. Remember, he is describing our relationship with him in a story. That's what the story is about, our relationship with God. He's trying to say, we have to be in a relationship. Think about your friends in your church, at your school, at your job. You're in a relationship because it's a back and forth, responsibility, responsibility. We are, we are close because we're giving toward each other. And God is saying, if you're going to expect me to give and you're not going to respond, I'm going to settle the accounts. At the end, it gets settled. Because he's given us something amazing. And that's love. So when I read the story, it's a little scary. I'll admit, I'm a little frightened of the story. I don't like that language. But it's the truth. I'd rather be a little scared and honest than, you know, fluffy and dishonest. I'd rather just know a little bit of the truth. That is the truth. I know it's like, oh, Gio, why'd you pick that? Yes, because we have to hear it. This is important. <clears throat> you know, there's a quote from ben- Benjamin Franklin. It says, and I read his, bi- uh, his biography, what an amazing character and odd character he was, but he had a few good one-liners. He says, he that is good at making excuses is seldom good at anything else. I was like, come on, Ben. No wonder you're on the hundred. We have a little bit of time with some uneven opportunities. Let's do something with it. Because to whom something is given, something is required. So let's take responsibility. Let's upgrade our respondability. Let's take what we've been given, even if it's uneven, even if you think it's unfair, you've been given something. And that's God's love. Let's share that love with the people around us and every opportunity that comes our way. Thank you for your time. That concludes our service. Have a great, great afternoon.